about a much better movie than last week we promise and you may have already seen it we chose this movie because it's you know houston and the braves are playing in the world series right now unfortunately and nobody cares about it but also we're reminded that houston is a full of bunch of cheaters and so what better to commemorate a cheating team than a movie about another cheating team who fixed the world series against them in 1919, that's why we're talking about the Chicago Black Sox, aka the White Sox of 1919. And uh, Maddie, what were your thoughts on this movie? Just right off the top. Uh, first of all, just ten times better. Of so much better. Like, yeah. Uh, so much better acting. Just like the actual shots were just ten times better. Like, thank God, because I just really wanted to put that last movie out of my mind. Totally. But. I had never seen this. I was very uneducated about the whole Black Sox scandal and everything. And, you know, it's a good, it's like a good warning movie. You know, when you tell your kids like, oh, don't do this. You're gonna, you're gonna regret it later. Mm. That's what this movie is. Mm. And honestly, I think it kind of served its purpose. So I'm very excited to talk about it. Yeah, I I, I definitely learned a lot from this movie. It, um, there were a few confusing bits where I'm like, how many people actually know about the cheating in advance? Like, it was kind of weird. Like, it, yeah, it was it, the, the way they organized it in the very beginning of the movie made no sense. And it wasn't until right. like I read through like the Wikipedia of like the actual names right. at the certain timestamps, yeah. I figured it out. I but no, it's confusing. And the other thing is because it's a movie of just white men, yeah, just oh. trying to distinguish between them so is hard. just. It's so hard because they all look the same. Uh, exactly they the all same. Do. Shoeless Joe Jackson and uh, was it Buck look exactly the same? Buck Weaver yeah. and I didn't. I didn't know who like Shoeless Joe Jackson was supposed to be in the movie for at least a good yeah. like twenty minutes. Yeah. Like I could not tell who he was or where he was. Yeah, just yeah. that he existed somewhere in the movie. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was Ugh. very interesting. We'll unpack all of it, but. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Maddie, you want to tell the people, uh, the movie's called Eight Men Out, and it stars uh, Charlie Sheen and John Cusack and the guy from Back to the Future. Uh, Christopher Lloyd is in it, too, which is funny. Um, <laughs> I noticed that. Yeah. And um, and the guy that just died from Frasier, the dad in Frasier plays the manager. But Maddie, tell everybody what Eight Men Out is about. Okay. A semi-fictionalized account of the scandal surrounding the 1919 World Series coined the Black Sox scandal is presented. Mm. The Chicago White Sox are considered the cream of the crop. Oh my god, I love that verb that they're using, or adjective, whatever they're using. And one of the best major league teams ever has just won the American League pennant, and odds are on the favorite to win the World Series against the Reds. 
While team owner Charles Comiskey publicly crows about the superiority of the team he has assembled, especially in their cohesion, he's unaware that arguably the cohesion in the players' determination to win is matched only by their feeling of unappreciation by Comiskey, especially financially as he screws them over time and time again on Mm. promises made. Mm. They sense an opportunity. Professional gamblers begin to feel out who they are and believe they may be sympathetic to the Chicago players to throwing a game or series fixing scheme especially lucrative, seeing to the disparity between the two teams. There ends up only being eight players in, to various degrees, from being all-in negotiators between the gamblers and the players, and to those somewhat unaware of what's happening, to those who just in the know but kind of remain silent. Things quickly go off the rails as each individual and group is looking out solely for their own interest, from the disparate group of players to the gamblers to the scheme financers Mm. to the team owners, Comiskey and others, as closely watching sports journalists can see that some of the socks are not playing as hard and well as they can. Right. Wow. wow. That's a, that's, that's encompassing. Yeah. Thank you. IMDB for a longer <laughs> summary than last week. Like that one was way more detailed. Yeah. So. Way more detailed. Um, yeah. So, um, I, you know, you, in the, in the summary you brought up, I think that's a good place to start with uh, Charlie Comiskey, the sort of, reason that they all cheated was because they weren't being paid enough which is Mm -hmm. i mean how american does that feel i mean the the fact they're being gypped left and right uh they're barely making a livable wage at this time tickets were free if you sat in the bleachers i think so no the kid well no because in the beginning of the movie okay so the other weird thing about this movie is there's kind of like a like a very short side plot of like this group of kids that just are constantly around each other in chicago hanging out and they go to the game they go to the first game that we see which is the game where they win the pennant pennant yeah and they have to pay i think like a nickel or something they pay like with one coin right i'm pretty sure right so right it's basically free it's close to kids um close enough to free where you know in today's (laughs) dollars because it's cheap yeah yeah Um, i wish i could pay a nickel to go to a baseball game i know and they get bleacher seats, and they're like little shyster kids. They get like that was a weird, unnecessary scene where he like he gets a coin from the guy in the bleachers, but that doesn't really matter as much. Um, but basically, yeah. So the players at the time are making barely a livable wage, um, and at least on this team by this owner, and um, and so they're as Maddie Red, the best team by a long shot supposedly with stars like Shoeless Joe Jackson, and we still know the name of to this day, and it's been a hundred years. Um, and, uh, and they fix it to against themselves, which I have questions about that. Why wouldn't you fix oh, it? Yeah. Why wouldn't you fix it in favor of yourself? I think, okay, I'm actually glad we bring this up because yeah. there was a, there was a thing where I thought of, and I was just kind of like, at what I know you need to lose. Like, the point is they need to lose their games or whatever. And it's just, like, I don't feel like my ego could handle losing a series like that. Like, I just feel like it is the World Series. Like, I would get maybe if this was, like, a regular season kind of thing, I would drop a couple games for money, personally. But, like, your ego is kind of on the line here. And I just don't think publicly I could be seen 
that bad, like that down bad to many people. I don't know. I just feel like the only reason why they didn't fix it in favor of them is because I think it would be harder to ensure a win versus ensuring a loss. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when some of the team was not that smart. Right. And uh, that was the other, um, you know, speaking of which, they only, I mean, the stupidest part of this whole plot was that they only involved part of the team. Like, so people weren't on the same page. The catcher was like, what the fuck are you doing? And the, the, pitch- the rookie pitcher who was hot. He I know. was hot. I'm sorry. The rookie, the rookie pitcher. I think his name was like Dick or something. Dicky. Dicky. He was, and he he did not care. He was like just playing like some great pitching. He was doing some great pitching, and I have to give it to him. But no, it was eight people, and not all of those eight people were really like excited to do this. Like they count Shoeless Joe Jackson in that group of eight. And we see throughout the movie, he's just, like, not into it at all. Yeah. But he just doesn't say anything. Yeah. So it's, like, in actuality, there was only, like, four dudes, really. And then they had, like, those two gamblers and the mob boss. Yeah, it was, like, yeah, it was, like, it was, like, Eddie, it was, like, Eddie and, uh, and the other pitcher, the, the, um, Mm. the shortstop, right? Uh, the blonde guy. Yes, the shortstop. Was he the shortstop? And, uh, um, yeah, yeah, and, and somebody, yeah, there were a few others in there. Um, do you say, do you say Weaver yet? I don't remember. Oh, what, God. Weaver I don't know. Might have been, the, there was there's the, the pitcher, guy? there's Weaver, Eddie, and then the blonde guy. I think it's only four. Well, if, Eddie, I, Eddie's a pitcher four. too. There were two pitchers in on it. There were two pitchers in on okay. it. Um, yes, because both of them throw back to back games, yeah, or whatever, yeah, or yeah, yeah, um, which by the way, for those that don't know, back then the there was no like division round, pennant round, and World Series. You just ended the season, and the best team in the National League and the best team in the American League played each other in, in a World Series, so it went end of regular season immediately to the World Series, and it was a best of nine series. So you had to win five games. Oh my god. The <sighs> idea of playing in a best of nine series sounds dreadful. It sounds awful. awful. I'm sorry. I I would never want no. to play nine games. They only played eight. Fair enough. But still, having a bet... Yeah. Whose idea? Because they don't even have a commissioner. They don't even have a commissioner yet. Like, we get to meet the very yeah, first commissioner. Yeah, we met the first commissioner. In the movie. Yeah. Um, who had the best name he has literally such a badass name kennesaw mountain landis i know so it was so then it was so american and it and he was like he his whole rise to being commissioner was that he was a judge under andrew jackson and he was like this (laughs) okay the weird (laughs) amount of civil war references they make in this movie it's 1919 the civil war is 1860 right and they still like make jokes about the civil war or the (laughs) figures in the civil war like i'm like none of you were around so what's the kind of the deal here but kind of funny a lot of World War One references too, obviously, because that had just happened. Um, yeah, just happened. Um, and uh, yeah, so I mean, in general, I mean, you know, uh, overarching themes again, kind of like last week, we see a lot of misogyny, a lot of white men. The black men oh are my like God. servers and 
and yes, there are no females. I did write that down. Yeah, I wrote that down is that um, my whole note was, where is it? It was like, oh God, here comes racism. And it was the scene where the the one like black employee, th- that's the other thing. He's yeah. just an employee. And they're like, they're like rich white men being like, oh, how's the team this year? And he's just like, I'm so proud of my boys. And like, they really m- make him yeah. talk weird, like for no reason. I know. Like, yeah. 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 It's like a weird thing. I think they also make a couple of other like racist jokes referring to someone's skin color. Like Probably. on the I don't remember if it was on the team. I don't know. It was just it was a white man movie where It was a white man movie. One woman the woman who spoke was Eddie was it who was the pitcher? The yeah, it was, tall it was one Eddie. that had the arm problems. Yeah, that was Eddie. That was Eddie. His wife, the only like woman that spoke in the movie once. And right. that was just because she ends up getting threatened. So, right. you know, she's right. Not, she doesn't even get to do anything. Um, yeah, so, there, was a, yeah. there was a lot of, like, odd mob moments where you're like, why are they just casually <laughs> approaching the... Why are they... Like, it was so... You didn't know, like, if the guys were doing this because they wanted to or they were, like, forced to by a mob. Like, it, it was just like a weird um i was waiting for like al pacino to show up i was I know, that would have made the movie you sort of yeah you sort of didn't know why they kept cheating you didn't know why they did it in the first place because if they won the world series they would get a raise i mean it, it felt desperate and they were basically all desperate um i think the other thing about the movie going into it i don't know how much you know about sports betting i know nothing and Next I have thing, tried yeah. to understand sports betting. I think the extent of my sports betting is like putting like 20 bucks in a March Madness pool. And I call it because I can't do like the betting every single week. And so we see like a lot of the betting. So I would say genuinely, if you are interested in that, I think this is a good movie for that. But for someone who yeah. doesn't understand it, you're kind of just like, I don't I don't get why they're putting this money here. Or like the way it works is they give them... A de- like a deposit up front and they're like you need to distribute this money but they also have to make the return on that so right. i'm confused if they had to distribute that to people and be like hey bet against us today or something or like you're gonna want this money and then you have to give it back to me like the the process in which they explained it and these guys are not smart they're not like i don't get how this even went on for like numerous amounts of games and then the fact, like, I don't know if we're jumping too quick with this. Yeah. They get acquitted. They get acquitted in, a like, a grand jury of, by yeah. the way, there was another one woman in this jury. <laughs> a oh, whopping God, one. Yeah. Yeah. They get acquitted, which makes no sense, first no. of all. I don't know how, like, legality, the sports journalists, I wish I remember their names, pick it out immediately like in game one they're just like you need to watch these plays and if they do something that looks stupid because obviously they've been playing good all year circle it write it down and we'll compare notes at the and then the players willingly talk about it like this is not like it went under like a not like a hidden his houston astros where it's just like nobody wants to speak yeah. up about it you're a rat they just talk like they don't have to be and it was the people that talked first that were most involved in the scandal like it wasn't even joe that talked first they convinced him to speak 
Yeah. So yeah, I'm like, uh, yeah. Why? I don't. I don't understand. Also, the portrayal of Shoeless Joe Jackson is very mm. interesting to me because yeah, he's like a weirdo. Know, they make him out to be like he's a weird, a very dude. socially. Yeah. yeah, he's like socially awkward. He is illiterate, which was known that he didn't have like a formal education growing right. up in the South. Right. But they play it up so much in the movie yeah. because, yeah. for example, he has to sign a a witness like testimony or something, and, and to can't... sign his name, he yeah. just writes an X. an X. So yeah. my ass was like, no, that's not real. And I look it up to <sighs> see what his signature was, and he had a, a like a legible signature. So why they made him like so dumb? Yeah, I don't know. Is like so weird. And like also off the color. amount of gum, yeah, yeah. the gum, the gum, on the, the gum. On this man, they like shoved a whole pack of gum in his mouth before he went out to go play. Number one, how like is his jaw okay? Like I know, well, you I, people what, love to chew gum. I mean, was that not? Um, it could have also been like uh, tar or whatever. Oh yeah, I mean, I just assumed it was gum. I mean, they I guess, they had gum too. Yeah. Yeah. But he just, like, the amount of gum, and it did not decrease. And, like, it was just, oh, my God. Like, how much money? Like, they're already broke. Where is this money, like, going straight towards this tar or bubble gum coming from? Because he was chewing a lot. I don't think they're, like, out of money. I just think they're not being (laughs) paid, like, a fair wage um and like their I mean, bonus when they won the pennant was like bottles of bad champagne by the fucking yeah it was like flat manager <laughs> or uh, owner of the charlie comiskey um yeah i mean yeah i noticed joe too and they made him like kind of odd he kind of had weird habits and uh rituals yeah um but yeah i um i in general, I thought the weirdest part of the movie overall was just like the dynamic of sketchy gambling guys with athletes. A, there mm-hmm. was no, and this is back then, which is un- understandable, but it's like, so it makes sense that there's less like security measures um, and that like they're more accessible. Like the kids talk to Buck just on the street, like they could just talk to a pro athlete that could never happen today. But just, like, you know, everybody in general sort of maybe had too much contact with each other. Or, like, people knew things. People, there were people, if you guys watched the movie, before the first game of the World Series, they're like, okay, let's see, let's see who looks like they might be cheating and who doesn't. It's as if, like, people already know they're going to start cheating, which makes the whole point of the scandal kind of moot, in my opinion. And like we talked about earlier, the only player that gives a shit and probably one of my favorites in the movie was Dickie, who like just wants to pitch a really good game and is just happy to be there <laughs> and wants to hit too. I mean, it's so cute. Oh um, my God. I know it's and, so like, cute. The relationship between him and the catcher in that game yeah. is just so fun. Like that's the thing about the movie. The movie is borderline depressing. And I was watching this movie and I was just like, damn. I'm sad. Like, this is not, like, uplifting or anything. And then you watch that one scene of them playing together, and it's just, like, so heartwarming. And it's just, like, that's what you want to see kind of in a movie. And I'm glad they had that scene. But the other thing is, too, number one, there was a scene of 
them when they were like with the gamblers or when they were organizing it and they were in like the guy's bathroom and I was like is this what they think goes on in like girls bathrooms like that is like a direct ripoff of it because they're like chatting in there like they're like everybody's coming in in like a little yeah. group and they're all standing there together and that was, <laughs> I was so like weird. this is not um, I was like okay that's interesting I guess because like, they wanted to do know. the deal there because like people wouldn't Maybe there's more privacy. I don't know, because they were also in hotel rooms <laughs> at different times. Like, everybody was in everybody's hotel yeah. room. And you're kind of like, what? Um, like, how do you have access? Anyway, I want to I want to I want to um, take a quick moment to talk about the nostalgia of the movie, because oh, there's yeah. a lot of that. Ha- I mean, first of all, Charlie Sheen's character, who forgive me, I'm, I'm forgetting the name of the character. And he was one of the cheaters as well. Charlie Sheen's character. Um and uh, he he's an outfielder, runs into a door in the outfield. <laughs> and I'm just thinking, like, that would never, ever happen. Like, he could break a fucking collarbone in one. Uh, yeah. But it just, everything about it, just the, the city, the clothing, the uniforms, just the, the way, like, things cost nickels and pennies and dimes and, and like, a dollar and um keep the change and i don't know it just was all really nostalgic of course like women couldn't uh, apparently attend world series games um apparently only men could no i'm just playing but it it was very um male oriented but i just like if you if you insert the i guess women empowerment of the 2020s with the nostalgia and cheap prices of the 1920s then you'd make a really good society, I think. Oh, uh, yeah. Minus the scandal and, um, <laughs> and yeah. And, but, you know, here's no, another yeah. interesting part that I want to note, too. Going back to the owner, like, why the fuck? So they're all cheating because they're not making enough money. Why the fuck is he not on trial for not paying? Yeah. Like, it's his fault that they're cheating. And, you know, and we'll get to the end in a minute, but, like, just, I don't know. Like I said earlier, it's very American to, like, blame the people who are trying to make ends meet rather than the people higher up in the hierarchy who have the power to make change but don't. It's very typical. Right. Which was ugly to see. And I'm I'm glad, I'm glad you do bring up like the nostalgia stuff because number one also this is like mob boss like peak like this is like the godfather before the godfather minus the italian Mm. aspect of it with this movie like they have hitmen they have the like the shady they just sit in like offices and like do nothing and stuff like that but the other thing is the un- I need to talk about the uniforms because number one I don't like them I don't like the bag no, uniforms I think they do no. nothing they're no. unflattering number two the okay and I might get hate for this the okay. World Series in 1919 looks mm. so boring there was like I don't know maybe it's because the energy level is different now with professional sports and like how we have moved but like. The enthusiasm, it felt not the same. Where I was just like, number one, it's Cincinnati versus Chicago. Okay. Okay. Midwest. At, like again. that's that's mid again, Midwest. Again. <laughs> Don't really care being from the East Coast, but right. it's fine. The other thing, game one, they lose nine to one. <laughs> I get or you need to, to throw games. Do you need to do 
throw it that bad. Like <laughs> it's you could just stop after maybe three or four. Like they were not high scoring games in the nineteen nineteen. It was like no. I was just like, why? Like you know, you have to lose. People know you have to lose, but why? Why that bad? Because the rest of the games they only win by like one. They do not have like blowout wins or losses. Yeah, but it's weird because they I don't like know. it's just weird. I mean, that was the other odd part of the whole cheating setup, because as we mentioned before, it's a nine-game World Series. And there were games where they intentionally won, um, which maybe to throw people off the scent, but it didn't, none of, again, none of it mattered because it seemed like almost immediately they're like on trial. So um, it was a very odd thing. You know, you talked about Cincinnati. I think I heard, and correct me if I'm wrong, Maddie, uh... Were the Reds called the Red Legs? And if so, yes. Uh, racist, they racist, were. racist? Or is that what we're talking about? <laughs> well, okay. I'm actually glad you bring up that part because uh, we. I know we talked about racism in the movie. And yes. actually in this movie, it's not even like um, African-Americans that got the brunt of it. It's no, like it's Native the Native Americans, Americans yeah. that got the brunt of it in this movie because they talk about like cleaning up this like the united states when they're talking about the new commissioner and how under andrew jackson he moved all of those people out there's your little history lesson from my ap u.s history class you're welcome yeah so that happened and obviously the midwest was the site of a lot of that stuff right so there's this weird bigotry against Native Americans in the movie, and we don't even see a single Native American in the movie, so no, there's that. Also don't. very timing, timing very great, especially now with the Braves, so sure. the whole We're Braves, still talking about Tom it, folks, a hundred years later, and we're still talking about racism in sports. Can we, like, I just, oh my god, it. I can't even get started on that, because I'm just gonna get so frustrated yeah. by that. Makes me angry, yep. It makes me angry, but... Yeah, it's just, it, there's, like, weird conversations that I just felt like could have been left out that I just think served no real purpose other than to be, like, weirdly racist. I don't know. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of, I mean, subtle racism is kind of the name of the game, also very American. It's like, not everything has to be oh, yeah. out and so obvious as uh, Billy Club, but it could it was insidious and we and sexism too and and all the things uh there was a lot of commie jokes so a lot of xenophobia happening um you mm. know this was the time and the place um but yeah i thought that was kind of weird and like they i didn't know that the reds were once called the red legs i i would have to look that up i didn't i didn't know that but I think they're just a nickname. Like, do you know how the press oh, gives nicknames like the, to teams? Oh, so they gross. were probably the the Reds. But I don't remember how the Reds got their name in the first place. Was yeah, that fro- I used to I, know. I, I could have sworn it was like a uniform thing. I, like, they had... Yeah, I thought like it was a, too, like know. the Red Stockings or something. Um, but Yeah. Yeah, so maybe it's not racist. I don't know. But there was a lot of racist uh, insignia and, uh, and references. Um, I do know that Cincinnati is the oldest team in baseball um yes so and they're the first team i believe um so and obviously the white Sox are old as are the yankees dodgers giants all those teams um so yeah so you know a few questions i had at the end that maybe maddie could have this is the this is the part of the show where heather is confused or like gets out (laughs) of it and needs maddie's help clarifying some things 
I don't know why the boys came clean slash did they earn the money? Like the whole ending like trial was a little confusing to me or leading up to the trial because I'm like, how did they did they just immediately? I don't know. It it felt very weird and anticlimactic. So, yeah, going into it before we even talk about like how the journalists are starting to write the investigation like article the team like owner um gets wind of his team cheating and they have a conversation in the hotel room following game eight where they lose and they're like your team has been cheating there are guys on the team who have been betting and he's like livid about this because you know money and so he is he gets advice from like his secretary or like an a legal person. He's like, you need to cover this up. Like you do not want this getting out because although it's an integrity thing, it's your business on the line and therefore we should keep it quiet. We don't need to go forward with this. So at first in my mind, I'm like, okay, great. We're covering it up. Solid cover up. That's all we need to do. And then the article gets posted in the newspaper. And the article was basically, oh my god, I I love talking about the whole yellow journalism stuff. But yes. it's just like this really detailed like dossier on how they were cheating, the plays, calling out specific players, and that gets published, and then people get wind of it. And the whole reason they even have to do a trial, because you might be thinking, like at first I was like, why are they even like being tried for this like it's like a shitty thing to do to like but i was like i don't see the criminal proceedings so the whole point of it is that it's gambling is illegal in this aspect of it but gambling is very much popularized in the movie so that distinction i think is really hard to make yeah and so they get like a charge for that and they also get a charge for something else i can't remember the exact ones and they're on they're on trial for both of those again they only put the eight people on trial but like we see one guy in the group of eight it was the blonde one where he claims he wants a separate trial he wants like this to be a mistrial for him because he no, says it like it wasn't he the blonde guy about it i thought that was bucky Oh, was that Bucky? I thought it was Bucky. It was, it was one of them. Yeah. It was one of them was just, like, demanding to be tried separately. Yeah. And everybody else kind of just sat there and did it. Also, this was a grand jury that needed to do this. It, yeah. I don't think a grand jury was really necessary for this. Like, it, it wasn't, like, a, a, no. a, a one... Qu- like, I don't know. It, to me, I feel like a judge could have made this distinction. Sure. We would have been fine and we could have been done with this. Right. But they had to draw... They needed the public attention, all of sure. that. Yeah. Um... The courtroom scene. Listen, I <laughs> love Legally Blonde, but I have some what questions. the fuck happened yeah, in that, that courtroom? Because like that, I would love yeah. to watch. I would love to watch like a lawyer analyze that scene because that was the most unorganized, like non-following of the law courtroom I have ever yeah, seen. Yeah, I don't know what I was watching there. It was like there was applause. There was like screaming at some point they lost the confession or they disappeared what i was like so confused (laughs) nothing went in order it was like and then bucky wanted the try i think it was bucky wanted the for once i might know something that maddie doesn't uh bucky wanted the uh (laughs) 
Bucky wanted the new trial. They wouldn't give it to him because he said I wasn't cheating. Or that even might have been Joe Jackson because Joe Jackson the whole time was insistent. Because he was like, my my average was 327. My Which, by the way, we should have mentioned, and I don't know if we just like glossed over this, but in the middle of this trial, you know, Bucky is still like passing by the kids on the street. The two kids that are... <laughs> so he's like... So they're like, Bucky, you didn't cheat, did you? And then Bucky's like, well, kids... Sometimes when you're an adult, it's a tough world. Get, yeah, it's a tough world, and sometimes you got to do things. And, and he's also playing baseball with them. P.S. Another part of the nostalgia I wanted to mention earlier, like pro athletes will just play with kids on the street. Like that would never ever ever happen uh, unless it were publicized and there were cameras around, and uh, you know they got the press. Um, but yeah, I did. The whole trial scene was odd. Um, you know, and then we'll get to the climactic point where the verdict comes. And, uh, I mean, yeah, we'll get there. I mean, so here, I mean, just to end the movie, basically. Um, so they are found not guilty for some reason by the grand jury, which I didn't even notice there was a woman on staff. Uh, so that's interesting that you noticed. I thought it was all men. Um, well, I think it's that was the one legal thing they did get right, because you have to have a like a jury of your peers where it's completely mixed. So there was uh, an African-American, there was a woman, but the rest were all white men. <laughs> so it was, their, it was their way of saying, we understand the law. Don't question us. But yeah, it was, it was, a it was like a weird, that was odd. it. Um, so nobody went to jail. Basically the moral of the story is nobody went to jail um, and nobody got fined, which felt very Astro-Z. Um <laughs> But... Uh, but they then you see the ne- the very next scene is the commission this brand new commissioner which by the way kind of cool that we got to see the first commissioner I didn't know that that came up because of sort of Chicago and all that I didn't know that yeah uh, so same you got to yeah so you got to see the first commissioner who's much better than Rob Manfred by a mile and because uh, they weren't allowed to none of the eight cheating people including Bucky who tried to clear his name until his death you see a thing at the end um. None of them were ever allowed to play in the major leagues ever again after that trial, which was right after the series ended. So basically from 1920 on, uh, they weren't allowed to play in the majors, which was okay for Eddie, whose career was basically already over, but then everybody else. Um, And uh, so that was the one thing I realized, too, is Joe Jackson is literally in his prime. Yeah, he is literally having the best season of his life. Yeah. And that is like just awful. I know it, it. you know, and that's a great point that you bring up too, Maddie. It's like the way, you know, when we compare, because the Astros is literally a hundred years later, almost to the day. Um, and so when you think about the two scandals and why they cheated, um, and none of it's okay, none of it's okay. But the fact that the hammer went down harder on the Black Sox who were just trying to make a fair wage, really, versus the Astros who were just cheating to get ahead, even though they were already a good team, um, and put themselves in a disadvantage to win as opposed to lose. You look at the two scandals, and to me, A, Manfred needs to take a fucking hint from this guy, and B, <laughs> um, I, I just am more on the side, I'm more sympathetic to Chicago, I don't know about you, Maddie, but that's just, I don't, I feel like they should have been allowed to play. I mean, Shulister Jackson, you know, if you read his Wikipedia page, Maddie's exactly right. He was definitely in his prime. 
He had the third highest batting average of any person ever uh, for his career. Uh, he was like 20, God, I want to say 26 or seven. Um, when this, so literally what you might call a prime in any era of any time ever. And I just, but more than that, more than just being good player, I, I just think that we're all doing it for a specific reason. And it was the corruption of the people above them. That's the impression I got. There might've been some sour, uh, crooked, uh, intention in there too, just to make money. But I got the intent, I got the impression that they just wanted to make enough money to like be able to live. Did you get that impression, Eddie? I did. And that's why I keep going back to the idea where I'm like, oh my God, the movie was depressing. The movie was depressing. Yeah. It's depressing, but there's a reason for it. And it's that I feel just awful for the situation. Like it's not like a feel good situation. Kind of like how you feel like, okay, they were the villains. They got caught cheating. They got their punishment. Yay. They deserve it. No, it's like the complete opposite with this movie. And you see this team and how they choose the eight players and how half of them are not even into it. They just don't say anything and they're not involved with it. And the the interesting part about the whole scandal and the timeline of the games that you, you see is that game by game, they have conflictions where they're like, I don't know if we want to lose. Like, yeah. I, I kind of, I'm feeling good. I want to play good. Yeah. And you see that. Yeah. Interesting mental dynamic of a player and how he's thinking, I don't know if I could throw this game for myself anymore. Right. And they only end up throwing it again because one of the picture, one of the pitcher's um, wives gets threatened by the mob boss because they're not, they're in, they're in serious jeopardy of potentially winning the world series at this point. Yeah. And so it's just this gray cloud, I think, that's constantly over the team in the movie. Yeah. And what what also is interesting, too, that I, I don't even think we talked about, and this kind of, I think, still feeds into today with my frustrations with MLB, like, management and, like, the whole commissioner, is that the team owners chose the commissioner. There was no, like, input from players There was no input from, like, any public or, like, journalists or writers. It was strictly the people who were not even paying their players enough chose the commissioner. And so, therefore, the commissioner would have no interest in even dealing with the money issue because they're paying him. He's doing this. So why would he turn his back on them? Because Mm. that's the money. So Mm. it's just, like, this whole cycle. And we see it today with like Rob being such an awful commissioner and like letting yeah. these things slide. Like he doesn't care about the Astros. He doesn't care about the Braves. He doesn't care about anything. Like no. he just, he's such a like pushover. And that's so interesting because this first commissioner is like a hard ass. Like he is like, no, no nonsense. I want to clean baseball up immediately. And he does this like right after the trial. So it's just, I don't know. The dichotomy of it is that compared to the Houston Astros, I don't feel shit for them genuinely because it's just like, there's no reason to. Like you said, they were a good team. Like they had the potential. And we see this again with this year's World Series. They're not a bad team performance-wise by any means. And a lot of their players are recording great numbers. Yeah, And so all they did was just paint themselves in a bad way because they thought they couldn't win games 
Whereas here, this is a livelihood. And we talk about the money and everything and how money is different in the 1900s versus today. Right. Where trying to make ends meet is much more difficult than today because there was more of like a niche thing of what you could do. Right. Like how baseball was going to develop because baseball was the only major sport going on at the time. Yeah. And so it's just really interesting to see why they are painted as such villains because mm. as growing up, like the the very bare minimum I heard about this scenario was just that they were a villain and that they deserved their punishment because they were cheating and right. cheating and gambling and baseball is a fundamental no-no. Mm. But I look at it and I'm like, there are so many today, like as we go farther into MLB history with PED usage, like domestic violence like like other cheating with electronics and Mm. they get no punishment compared to this crackdown and to this day there's still no reversal on any eight of those players nope which is shocking to me like you'd think and they have it i went to the baseball hall of fame this summer and they have stuff about shoeless joe jackson and his cleats and like his old jersey but the black Sox are really painted as a villain publicly by even the the baseball hall of fame and so it's sad and i think honestly that's what makes the movie such a good watch because it changes your whole perspective on these people and you have to bring into like a more of a moral question of like okay there's so Mm -hmm. much that goes behind the scenes with this team are they simply cheaters or did they do it for a reason and that we might think is justifiable at that point yeah, all great points. Uh, it should be noted, as Maddie touched on, but I'll just uh, reiterate for the people that might not know, none of these people are allowed to be in the Hall of Fame. None of them. None of the right. Chicago individuals, um, and they probably a few of them were Hall of Fame worthy, um, mm-hmm. as you could say with Houston, who will probably be allowed to be in the, world, uh, in the Hall of Fame because they've gotten no punishment up until now. So why would they have any in the future? Um you know, it it does, as Maddie said, this is not a feel-good movie. This is a sad movie. It's about a sad thing. Um, and although it, it does have that nostalgia element, it's fun to see a, a very old Chicago. Excuse me. Uh, it's fun to, I mean, I guess the fun moments of the movie are like when Chicago's intentionally losing and like, that you still hear the like cat calling from the crowd. That sounded very familiar. You still got the oh, booze. Yeah. You still got the, it felt like Dodger Stadium when uh when uh uh you know Kenley would blow a save or something. It, that's what it sort of feels like. I love Kenley. We're not going to talk about the Dodgers right now, but um <laughs> uh yeah, it, it, there was a lot of familiar elements. There were a few sad elements. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the movie. I think in general, it's a great watch. Um, it's very informative if you're, if you're not as familiar with that part of history of baseball history, I'm really glad that we watched it. And, um, and I guess now it's time to go into favorites. Uh, so Maddie, do you have a favorite scene? So I'm kind of tied and you just brought it up. So my two favorite scenes, number one, very opening when I'm pretty sure it was Joe getting heckled. And he gets to yell back at the fans because you're so much closer. And I was just like jealous. I was like, I want to see this more. Like, this is the mic'd up kind of thing that I love. And I I just, I love the interactions they have. The other favorite scene of mine was this random scene. I think it was like game 
six and a plane is flying over yeah. the stadium <laughs> and and out of they all everybody like stops playing to watch this plane come over that's the first thing they all rush out of like the dugout to stare at it and out of the plane like a dummy is thrown out of somebody dressed yeah. in a chicago white Sox outfit and I'm just like, this is so stupid, and I love it. The and the like, the genius of like mob bosses sometimes like is so interesting to me. And I was like, this is clever. I got to give this to the the mob boss for this one. I really appreciate his creativity. Getting a plane, getting a like a jersey and like a dummy. Because right. could you even get jerseys uh, like yet? Really, as a fan, I don't. Yeah, think I don't you know. Could. I don't think Maybe that was, like, a marketable thing. Anyway, that was my favorite. I love those two scenes. Obviously, first one is definitely much more feel good. But the second one, because I think the whole reason why it happens is because it was like the threat, like, please lose or whatever. But I I just love how dramatic it is. Like, I feel like that gets overlooked. And I love like the dramatics in sports. So yeah, that those happened. are my favorites. If that happened yeah. now, you'd see it on ESPN for an eternity. So uh... <laughs> I know. And the lady, the so one lady in the favorite. The, yes, I'll tell you, the one lady in the crowd like screamed, uh, which was really funny. Like they <laughs> thought it was a real person, I think, for a while, which is like funny. Yeah. Um, maybe it would look like a real person. I don't know. Uh, my favorite scene, I we we overlooked. Okay, so there was again a little confusing who was a mob boss and who was like just a gambler and who was like a, a like friend of a, 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 a part of the team at at times. There was one, and who was a reporter? Because there was also a lot of reporters in this movie. I think he was a reporter. There was the guy who had the the very straight, dark hair and very tall and skinny. And do you remember, like, and he's kind of on to them cheating. And they're on, like, the train or whatever. And then he starts singing a song about baseball players cheating. Do you remember this scene? It was like yes. a... It was he, like a... He was so funny. Yeah. Like, because he was just like, he's one of those people because you have to have them in these types of movies. There are stereotypes in these kinds of movies. And he is like the the investigator type yeah. where they don't say much, but when they do, it's like this very dry yeah. humor kind of thing. <laughs> and so it's just so meta. Like, I, I don't know why. So weird. Like, how <laughs> did they not, how did the manager, which I'm going to talk about him too... I love the manager character in this movie because he uh. felt very familiar. Like, you know, managers like him. He felt very Dave Robertsy, And um, his name was Gleason, Kid Gleason, I believe. And Kid yep. Gleason, how did he not get a hint that like his his men were cheating at that point when the guy is singing the song about, I don't know, it, it was a very weird, like kind of out of body moment. Like, okay. Well, here's the other thing. The other thing I didn't even understand is why he was not investigated at all. Because, like, in today's, like, climate, even if he did nothing, like, he did not, we know he had nothing to do with the scandal, but you would still get investigated and probably put on trial, and you'd probably get fired regardless because your players were doing this and you didn't stop it, even though you didn't technically know, like... He knew something was up because he knew his players at that point. Yeah. So it's just weird to see they never like t- 
talked about him or he never got any punishment for like letting this happen to the team or anything like i thought the owner would have fired him because it kind of makes him look stupid but who knows yeah yeah um yeah so uh what are your what's your favorite character after uh, that with that said (laughs) well there's no surprise that my favorite character was all right what was his name dicky um the pitcher i have his name written down because i literally was so excited it was Dickie, about yeah. him dicky kerr dicky kerr literally my favorite i just love a rookie pitcher that is just enjoying himself the catcher also yeah i think gets a shout out from Great me character. too mm-hmm. um what his name was because i talked about him because he complained about a slide into home and i completely agree with him he definitely was out they should not have let him score um ray ray that's his name yes. he's the catcher i love him more than anything because he has no filter and he was just yelling at his teammates whenever they made like a, a dog shit play and i respect that we need somebody to keep everybody in line and call us bad when we're bad when we're playing yeah. bad so those are my two favorites i have a soft spot for joe just because they made him look so broody and stupid and he just wasn't so i don't know he also has a soft spot for me yeah uh those are great uh those were among my favorites too i want to those were my favorites uh i want to add in gleason because i thought like you know he just made for me um it just reminded me how baseball is such a great sport because it hasn't changed very much um like a lot of the moves he like pulling pitchers um, saying he doesn't have it tonight, uh, you know, looking the way he stood in the dugout, the way he like, and it was very interesting also to see the scenes when they were, uh, in, in the dugout. I mean, uh, after the games would end, they would like fight with each other when like shit went bad. I don't know. That was kind of interesting. Um, but I like Gleason a lot. I just thought he had his head on right. Basically, I think the moral of the story is Maddie and I like the characters who didn't cheat. Because, like, the Charlie Sheen character. And I liked, listen, I liked Buck, too. I thought he was a very complex character. John Cusack mm. played him really well. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I just thought it was a very well-acted movie. But, God, you really hate, you really hate a few guys in there. You hate the fucking owner. You hate uh, Charlie Sheen's character. He also makes a few, like, sexist remarks at the beginning. Um, oh, God. You hate the mob boss. Uh, the guy with like the I don't even weird... know if I hated the mob boss that much though I really no, don't but when he, he was kind of weird yeah. I hate him in in theory yes but the way they portray him god no you can't yeah, hate him he was kind of like a jokester he was kind of like a yeah it was kind of, <laughs> he was kind of like a funny dude um, yeah so you hate a few guys um, and the kids I thought were a really nice element to the movie too I thought it really grounded the movie even though some scenes were yeah. a bit like odd but um, I, I like the kids. I thought, um, and then the very last scene of the movie was kind of interesting, where you see Shoeless Joe Jackson playing in 1925, so a few years later, um, in like a minor, what you supposed to be a minor league team in New Jersey, and people are like, "Oh my God, is that really Shoeless Joe Jackson?" And he's making all these great plays, and it just it reminds you of Saturdays because he could have kept playing baseball for many more years, and. 
Um, and you're just reminded that right now you're seeing Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman, and Carlos Correa hit for the Astros in the World <laughs> Series with no punishment. Say when they their should be names. The, they should be the ones. <laughs> they should be the ones having to play minor league baseball in New Jersey for Christ's sake. That's just how I'm very sensitive still about it. I'll never get over it. It was against my Dodgers. Um, and uh, and uh, a few other teams suffered along the way. But I think uh, uh, for me, those are my favorite parts. Maddie, give it a ranking. I think this movie is, I honestly think it's a must watch if you really are a baseball fan. And I think that it was definitely worth the watch. Did it have its fair share of problems? I think the legal issue and yeah. some of the like explanations are a downside and they can be confusing. Like I said, also, we I didn't know anything about sports betting. So that was a yeah. little bit hard to follow. And they yeah. don't really do a good explanation of sports betting. They kind of just like go right into it. Right. Um, this movie also is long. I should, long. for me, it's long. It's like almost two hours. Yeah. So if you have the time, I would watch it. I'm going to give it like a seven and a half out of 10. I mm-hmm. think it's shot really well. It's acted really well. It is a little bit depressing and it is long. But it, I think it's overall a really good movie. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to give it a seven for the same reasons. I thought I was a little confused at times of, like I said, who was who and what the stakes were. Like at times I'm like, okay, are the stakes like they need to get swept to win the money? When do they get the money? I, you know, is again, like Maddie, I'm not very familiar with the sports betting world and how that works um, uh, on a granular level. So for me, I probably could have used another explanation or two. Um, but I can understand for those that are very familiar, it was a, it's a great movie. Um, I think it really depicted nicely the kind of poverty of the time and how things haven't changed. Like I said, the nostalgia elements were really nice. The It just felt very Americana to me. Um, because we see circumstances in some ways be very different and in some ways be not different at all. And that's just a really interesting thing to sort of analyze on a, on a nerd level, I guess. And it's been a hundred years, uh, just about a hundred years. So 102 years, I guess you could say. So, um, it's a fun watch. I give it a seven out of 10. I could have, I could have used, but only because I'm not as familiar with the, um, subject matter. Um, and I could have seen more diversity, but I get it. I get it. I get it. Uh, that it's not realistic for the time, but I get it. But Bridgerton isn't either, and uh, they've ma- made it work. Um, That's true. No, good movie, good actors. We all know them. Um, fun characters. Uh, the kids add a nice element, as I said. So yeah, so I give it a seven. Maddie gives it a seven and a half. So moral of the story, watch it. It's on... Um, if you guys want, it's on HBO Max. Uh, that's how I watched it. It was on HBO Max. I think you could buy it for like two ninety nine on Amazon Prime, um, and it's on Hulu. I illegally, you... I illegally streamed it. So. Okay, well, Maddie illegally <laughs> streamed it, but you don't have HBO Max. No. Oh, okay. Uh, it, com- <laughs> it comes free with your Spectrum Sportsnet package in Los Angeles. Speaking of. Um, and uh, I think you can also get it on Hulu if you have premium. So whatever, find it if you can. It's easily rentable. 
This is not like that horror movie from the beginning where it's like impossible to find. This is very easy to find. Um, <laughs> and uh, check it out. You probably have seen it already. Maddie and I are late to the game on a lot of movies, as you guys will hear. So, uh, so that's just it. But I guess that's it, Maddie. Uh, that's it for this week. You know, next week we're going to be finishing up the World Series here. So maybe we'll have another World Series related movie. Maybe we won't. We'll have to. Uh, you guys will have to wait and see. Sorry, we didn't have more than one horror movie, but I think one is enough for a lifetime. Um, oh my god, that movie is scary enough to just oh, it's not like that scary. never make me want to watch that again. Oh no, come no, no, no. on, like, scary, was... bad. Yeah, scary, scary bad, yeah, scary bad, scary bad, scary bad, scary bad. Um, so that's it for. Uh... I'm actually, I'm I, wait before I even finish. I'm okay. actually hoping next week we do what we have on the list. I'm not going to say what it is, but I'm looking at the list, and if we stick I with know. what we did. I, that will be the week that you hear Heather and I talk about movies we've actually seen. Seen, yeah. Uh, And movies that are culturally important. Yeah, we'll have to, uh, Maddie and I will have a meeting about uh, when, because Maddie's (laughs) so excited about, I want to spread things out a little bit, but we'll we'll have a meeting. (laughs) We're still not sure yet. That's a a spoiler for everybody out there. Uh, But I want to say thank you to our audience. I've gotten a lot of good feedback, actually, from friends. So thank you all for tuning in. Um, uh, I hope these aren't too long for everybody. Uh, They're about an hour, a little over. So. We'll adjust accordingly. We're still getting the format of this whole thing down. So, um, but I think we're, we're doing a good job. So thank you all for your kind feedback. We're, we're enjoying doing this. We're going to keep doing it. Honestly, we just get to watch movies and talk about it. Not very hard. And uh, so that's it for this episode of Batter's Box Office brought to you by All Talk No Bach. Check out our new articles. Check out our social media. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at All Talk No Bach at on instagram at at and b maybe don't know our instagram handle i think it's all talking about just look it up um we are on linkedin i'll talk no Bach, and we are on um don't know i guess that's it um i think that's it and yes so find us there. We are on Sp- this is on Spotify. You could find us I'll talk no Bach, or you could search I'll talk no Bach or batter's box office whatever you prefer. Uh, Thank you to our producer and editor, Emily Ray. She does a great job. Shout out. Uh, She makes us sound really good and put together. And join us next week because we don't even know what we're doing. So it's a surprise for everybody. In the meantime, we're sorry about the World Series. What can we do? Um, It could end tomorrow when we're recording on Saturday the 30th. So... Uh, it could end tomorrow, but who cares? And nobody's watching. So, uh, um, <laughs> have a safe and happy Halloween, everybody. When you listen to this, Halloween will have already passed. Um, and make sure to uh, check out those articles. Maddie is one of our great writers on staff. Um, we have a lot of fun articles coming up, too. So, check us out, listen to this, and we'll have many more for you in the future. Uh, thank you, Maddie. Thank you, guys. I love you all. Kisses and hugs. Goodbye.